to Audio Biography, the podcast where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. Hey, this is not a uh, mistake. I'm your co-host, Clint Robinette. I've decided to open up the podcast this week while Rich, uh, well, Rich is here. Hey, Rich, what's going on? Hey, man. Yeah, cool. Um, you've been needing How badly to do... did I screw that up? No, that was great. You've been needing to do that for probably a few episodes now. So yeah, we'll definitely like be switching that off because uh, when I say co-host, I mean, I'm a co and you're a co. Will co. Co. Okay. <laughs> Will be a co. But yeah, man, uh, I'm super excited about this episode. What about you? I am super excited because we have a guest this week our friend ernie dunn is joining the podcast welcome back to the podcast ernie Woo! happy one year anniversary yeah man so yeah we were talking about this uh ernie and i recorded the uh i, I don't remember the uh exact title but it was like two men behind a counter listening or doing a podcast or something but we did a pearl jam episode right we did and uh, when uh, this actually releases it will be a year to the day when this releases that you were on the podcast yeah and we'll probably do another pearl jam podcast just based on their new album which is uh pretty great excellent uh, that's not why i'm here and most of your crowd will probably be happy about that all right just to <laughs> clarify i'm going to be your fact checker Episode 007, middle-aged men behind the mic in a small room. That was that was it. Good was one. It. Earl Jam, Thurry Dunn. Heck yeah, yes. that, was, that was it. Yeah, that was back before COVID when we could be in the same room together and not on Zoom. Yeah, we were in the same room with like Robbie and Cheyenne showed up. I mean, we can't do that now. Oh, yeah, it was like a whole party. Like everybody was just like hanging out and showing up. It was like, it was a whole scene, man. I mean, Clint had to move to Ohio just to do this podcast. Yeah. Because of COVID. Totally. That's a true story. Actually, yeah, but he has recorded inside this room with me. He did, pre-COVID. Like a time or two? How many times did we do it live, no, It's actually only once. <clears throat> it was only once. So. That's, that's kind of sad. You're bringing me down. Uh, well. <laughs> Why are sorry. we here, Clint? Why are we here? Why are we I, here? Well, we're here. Well, we're here really just to hang out, but we record podcasts <laughs> at the same time. Um, <laughs> this week, our friend Ernie is joining us. Uh, we had, um, I don't know, you know, we could we could do Beatles podcast from now every week for the rest of our lives, but I think our listeners probably want some sort of variety, maybe question mark. I think so. Uh, yeah. You know, heck, we would need variety. We're not a Beatles podcast, even though lately it seems like we are. I mean, there are so many Beatles podcasts out there, and they're all so much better than us. Um, yeah, so, but that's not what we're trying to be. So we invited Ernie. Uh, we kind of hit him up just a few days ago, said, man, you need to be on the podcast this week. What do you want to do? We tossed around some ideas, and what we fell into was, uh, Ernie, give us five acts bands artists that you feel like no one's listening to that that they should be right and uh we kind of our last episode we ended with 
um, Andrew Scotchy, uh, sort of in the same vein. What are you listening to right now? Yeah. And so this dovetails perfectly the end to that, uh, to have Ernie come in. And uh, I will say um, Ernie has a, just like everybody else, but I'll just say it, a unique look into music and what he likes and what, you know, just it's art. And I want to hear more voices on art. Uh, and that's, that's basically what we're doing. So, so Ernie has picked his, uh, his five bands and we're going to go with it. And I'm going to say up front that the things that he picked are challenging to me because it's not what I listen to. He did put together a playlist and we'll have a companion link on the podcast so you can go listen to some of these bands. And I, I did listen to it today. It's good stuff. Solid. Yeah. Um, I know from our previous uh, we're going to have some fun with it. Lots of laughs. And uh, really, uh, let's just go ahead and dive in. And I'm, Ernie, I'm going to let you just start with whichever whichever direction you want to start. You got five bands, so you got five choices. Sure. Um, I, will, I will preface this and say that uh, as with anything when it comes to popular music, especially now, uh, there are thousands of fans for these bands. So it's not like nobody's listening to them, but it, I picked out five groups that like none of my friend groups talk about really at a, at a, even a high level. Uh, so, and they're, they're bands that I've connected with in different ways and at different States during the last couple of years. Um, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and hit the, the deep dive here with Manchester orchestra uh, to preface this band, I have a tattoo from one of their album covers. That is my dedication to this band. Um, they are fronted by a guy named Andy Hull. Um, they're out of Atlanta, Georgia. Andy Hull is uh, by both, uh, <clears throat> as I am quite popular amongst you guys for hyperbolically and in my opinion, truly, a musical genius. The guy is just, he knows what he's doing when he writes a song. And he put together a band, uh, Manchester Orchestra, that is essentially an orchestra. From album to album, pieces move in and out. And there's a core set to the band, and there's some core music. And over the years, uh, they have evolved from just some kind of odd alternative you know, kind of indie rock band into something that is incredibly special to me. Um, and so uh, for, for, for me, uh, the guy writes amazing songs. And that's one of the, as, as I intend to kind of share throughout the rest of the, you know, podcast, stories is, they're one of the major things for me when it comes to writing a song. Um, I don't care if it's your story or if you made up a story or if you heard a story and you wrote a song based on it. Um, I'm more in tune with that. And it's probably why I like bands that are more prog rock or, you know, those, 
it's why I listen to albums and not singles. Albums tell an entire story. A single tells me a, a rumor that they heard one night in a bathroom. And so Andy Hull of Manchester Orchestra, also of Bad Books, also of Right Away Great Campton, um, tells great stories. And uh, the three songs that I put on the playlist are incredibly special to me. They're just songs that spoke to me at a, at a particular time. And I went back uh, to my Spotify playlist for last year, my most played songs. I did air quotes there because we're not doing video and none of you will see that. But, uh, <laughs> Manchester Orchestra was one of the most played bands by far on my list last year. And these songs were in there. And uh, it's because last year was exceptionally trying for me personally. And this band spoke to me on, on a level that, you know, other bands didn't at the time. And I think that that's at, at its root. That's why we're here. We, we talk about the bands that spoke to us at some point. It's why Rich and Clint can talk about the Beatles for 8,000 podcast episodes because they spoke to them repeatedly. I mean, they, they have a connection. And so this is out of the five I'm going to give you. This is my favorite. I have a tattoo. I love these guys. Um, and so Clint, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you thought about Manchester Orchestra when you listen to them today. So I, okay. I do have some, uh, I want to say, first of all, I, I want to say this before we jumped in, but I, I'm glad we kind of jumped in because um, I, I want to tell, I just want to say this prep it. Yeah. Before I talk about Manchester Orchestra, I want to, first of all, thank you one of the great things about being your friend is that you have introduced me to so much music that like, I feel like I've just experienced so many different kinds of music being your friend. Just, I, it's not like you forced it upon me or anything. It's like you're in the car with me. I'm going to play this. We're going to listen to it, but it's stuff that live music we've seen together. Um, and just you talking about and how much passion you have for it made me want to listen to that music. So I love that about you as a friend is that you just hold music just like Rich does, just like I do, hold it so near and dear to your heart. And it makes those bands that you've talked about made me want to just pour myself into them. I mean, it's really the bands that I would, um, you know, bands that we're not going to talk about right now, but, you know, Wilco, uh, Sunvolt, um, hey, I'm with the Ryan Adams and Whiskey Town in there, you know, um, that might be a hot button issue right now. We're not really going to go there, but dude wrote, dude writes some great songs and, and puts out some great music. Let's just leave it at that. That's a whole nother episode. And it I is. Have that I don't know what to do about it. <clears throat> no, we can unpack it. Yeah, we can do that episode. Yeah. But so, so thank you, Ernie. And that's why, you know, I thought of this. I'm like, who better to do this than Ernie? Ernie's been introducing me to new music for forever. Stuff that would stretch me from my normal musical boundaries. So first of all, thank you for coming on. Let's talk about Manchester Orchestra. Cool. Um, I love this pick. Um, the song, I will tell you, 
in the playlist I heard today. I don't I don't know why this song struck me, but the Shake It Out just uh, seemed. So first of all, my first impression of Manchester Orchestra before I get to Shake It Out, I feel like there's just a wall of sound. They it's like multi-layered, just lots of stuff going on. Um, it and I think that may have been why they I don't know if that's why they named their band what it is but Personally, maybe yeah. that's why maybe that's what he wanted to go for Andy did um but so uh my first impression is this is music just to kind of you could listen to it uh to it's very uplifting I thought um it's again going back to the wall of sound thing it's multi-layered um and the song shake it out to me you could tell he was showing really true emotion in his vocals and his in the songwriting and i was like man this song pumps me up this is awesome um so you know i've you know my first impression is I want to go listen to more. This is why haven't I listened to this? This is exactly, you know, the kind of uh, thing we talked about is uh, name five, five bands that you don't, you know, not everybody, you know, not everybody's talking about, or maybe a bu millions of people are listening to, but you know, like you said, your friend group are not really talking about them. This is a band that I, I'm, I want to dig more into. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's a surprise to me that, because Shake It Out is one of their earlier, it's on uh, To Everybody Mean Nothing, uh, which was earlier on. It doesn't feel as polished, and so it feels more emotionally raw, and that's mm -hmm. why I put it on the list. And also because that song is just, at the time, you know, last year with everything that was going on personally, I had to shake it out. You know, I had to, I had to get rid of these emotions. I had to get rid of these things that were going on and just let some things go. And so that song spoke to me. Um, the song Deer that I put on there, mm -hmm. which is on uh, Simple Math, which is one of the best albums of the last 20 years, Fight Me, um, is... <laughs> lyrically just one of the most beautiful songs I think I've heard in such a long time. And then I put on uh, the gold, which is, uh, it's an interesting story. Andy, uh, and I heard him tell this story on a, uh, spoiler alert on a live Instagram with Brian Fallon, who's also on my list. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and so they talked about their songs together, which was, huh. for me, it was essentially porn. Um, <laughs> right. You know? And so, you know, he talked about how he heard this story about this person's family who uh, his grandparents had chased the gold rush. And so when... Uh when he talks about, you know, I, I, I couldn't really love you anymore. You, you become my ceiling. That is the wife giving up on the husband chasing the money. And so, I mean, this, this song is such a deep story and that album 
itself is a, a black mile to the surface, which is one of the lyrics in that song, which is uh, we're underneath in a mine. There's a black, a dark mile to the surface. Spoke to me last year, especially when I was, you know, especially stressed out mm -hmm. with work and personal issues. There were many days where I felt I had a black mile to the surface. And this song came to me and it's why I have the tree from their, that album cover on my arm because for some reason, whether it be spirits in the sky, God or whatever, Andy Hull spoke to me in this place and I don't understand why people aren't listening to Andy Hull sing anything. Um, the first, that's the first song you put on the playlist too. So that's the yeah. first thing, first thing I heard when I, when I started listening and I, I immediately caught on that this song was a story and I loved, I, I love that. Um, I'm with Clint on, um, shake it out was, I probably liked it more, uh, just, and, and to your point, it's early and it's more raw. And I think the three of us have had that conversation before that, when bands first get started and they're more, they're more raw and their productions different. It's not, it's not where it is when they get further along. Mm -hmm. um, but no, um, I love the story of, uh, thank you for explaining more of the story of the gold. And I could tell there was a story there. The songwriting, it was definitely top notch. Uh, I want to touch on something you said at the very, very beginning. Um, cause I'm going to, I'm going to be that guy, but you talked about Andy Hull being a, a genius. And then you spoke about the reason the band is called Manchester Orchestra is that it's a changing set of members and friends and, and things of that nature. And anytime somebody says, number one says musical genius. And then number two starts talking about the changing set of musicians and artists. I go back to Paul McCartney because that's what, that's what he does. Uh, that's what he has done for what 60 years now, almost. Um, so not a comparison there in, in them as artists, but in just music in general and, um, how how these artists get get their art out there they don't number one they don't do it alone and 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 number two if they're that brilliant then they're able to to do it with other people and so that's that's pretty impressive to me um that knowing what you just said i'm kind of mostly tonight i'm going to play off of what what you tell me ernie i've done my what research i can but what what you have to say about it's going to mean a whole lot more than any research that I did. Right. So, so I, I, I love that, that, that this is a, a band, if you if you want, um, that has interchanging parts and moves people in and out. Uh, to me, those are, you know, those are some of the greatest success stories is when you can work with so many different people. And that's, that, that's just super impressive. And again, like Clint said before, I, I I would never know who Manchester Orchestra was if it wasn't for our text messages. And you're like, I'm listening to this right now. Uh, again, that's that's not even a spoiler. That's like 
spoiler into the past because yeah. our our text messages are always like hey man this is what i'm listening to you need to listen to this this is cool like this is great so really we're just kind of wrapping up our text messages right now yeah. well i mean to relate this to our text messages you pointed out this week and it hasn't gone on deaf ears i mean you've sent out every time you listen to something from uh steely dan you <laughs> sent out like a list of artists that played on that album who aren't in Steely Dan. And I mean, that's a fantastic point. True geniuses know when they need those pieces to come together. Yep. I mean, if we're gonna talk about musical geniuses, let's go with Mozart, Beethoven, all the originals. Right. And they didn't, I mean, they played an instrument, but they required an entire orchestra to come together. And so it's absolutely fair and not even in a comparison because there's, I mean, there could be, but there's not. Paul McCartney to Andy Hall, he would be impressed by that comparison if we were to do that. But you I know, hope he's listening. I hope you're uh, listening, to Andy Hall. Yes, I mean, I love Andy. I've, <laughs> I've never met Andy. I don't know him. He doesn't know I love him. Maybe he does now. It's out there, and it's in the universe. It's now. out there. I love Andy. I, I, you know, I, I okay. So you, you, totally uh you right in sync with what i was going to say ernie i was thinking about steely dan i was thinking about uh that they had a rotating set of people except michael mcdonald he showed that dude showed up all the time he showed yeah, up he everywhere showed up on, he showed up on everyone's albums during just, yeah. everybody's yeah anytime they, they you heard just, a yeah, anytime you heard that voice, right? And and it was like Kenny Loggins and it was Steely Dan and they could keep like forgetting about albums. Michael McDonald. Christopher Cross. I mean I think I'd he was like... on a poison album at one point. I am not sure. I, I thought we weren't gonna <laughs> talk about them. I mean that'd have been a much better poison album. It would have. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go there. That one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my least favorite band. Actually, it's a race. It's a tie for the bottom. My least favorite bands in the world. It's a tie. It's Poison and Rascal, Rascal Flats. Flats. Yes. We need an entire episode to talk about how wrong that comparison is. <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? Oh, musical genius, rotating sediment. Here's one thing I think about that statement that drives home the musical genius part is that you know i think playing with the same people over and over unless they're evolving at the same rate as the other band members it can get stagnant um agree so, yeah yeah so if if you so the flip side of that is you invite other people into the studio record with them learn from them that's got to make you a better artist and if that's what he is seeking clearly that's that he has accomplished that yeah so i mean just to kind of uh sum up that uh if you're interested uh listen to the playlist check out manchester orchestra check out bad books which is a project he does with kevin devine and check out right away great captain which is a solo project by andy hull uh, bad books is some of the best storytelling uh, I've heard because they're just weird and they tell mm. weird stories and uh, it's just alternative rock and roll. It's, it's good stuff. 
Um, and with that, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to drive this over top of you, Clint, but I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the band on my list with which I have the least knowledge of, uh, and it's because I found them like six weeks ago, and I am just absolutely in love with them. It's fresh, and fresh. that's Rada and the Humble. Uh, these guys are out of Philadelphia. Uh, played a bunch of house shows got uh, Philly famous and then uh, got picked up by a record label and they write good old rock and roll. Um, and, you know, to echo what you said, uh, Clint, they, uh, they do sound a bit like Kings of Leon. The is, lead singer does. There's the a compliment. touch of that. I mean, there's, there's a few of those bands out there that kind of follow that uh, gruff baritone. That's kind of a theme of my evening is baritone. Is, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I promise that uh, one of the bands on the list is not Crash Test Dummies. And it's it's true it's true baritone. It's not ferritone. Right, right. We don't yes. need any Scott Stapp in this business. No, no, no. Yeah. That could be a fun podcast, though. <laughs> we'll just stab our pants during that one. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about Mo Lauda and the Humble. Mo Lauda. Oh. Actually, I gotta say that's like an awesome name. It really me. is. <laughs> Mo Lauda and the Humble. Like if you if you heard that that and Sherry shows up, <laughs> uh, kind of want to show up. Oh, and Sarah. Uh -oh. Yes, we we have we, we have guests. Yeah. This podcast is recorded live, people. So anything can happen. <laughs> anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know ernie do you y'all don't know ernie or clint say hello i have spoken to them before i believe on a poker night oh probably uh, so said hi. Hi. okay hello again are you guys recording we're recording and uh y'all are just grabbing beer out of my beer fridge so hey man that's why i say we this is us hanging out we haven't recorded a podcast at the same time yeah so Mo Lauda. Mo um, Lauda is oddly enough, uh, it's a situation where Spotify got it right. So I don't know if uh, people out there listen to Spotify. Of, well, everybody does. But if you click your like uh, weekly release uh, radar playlist that they make for you, hmm. um, usually it's incredibly wrong. Or it plays songs that I've already heard six months ago, and it was like, you should listen to this again. Uh, in this instance, it played uh, Pearl, uh, Pearls, sorry, by Mo Lauda. And uh, I was instantly in love with this song. Um, to speak about how much I love this song, when I work out, I listen to my uh, repeated songs on Spotify and it is basically Pearl Jam, Mo Lauda, Gaslight Anthem, and Green Day. And that's all that I listen to when I work out. And so they, uh, I don't have like a complete and utter like connection with them like Manchester Orchestra but I think that they're a fantastic up and coming band. They have a lot of talented people in the band and they write really, really good songs. 
Um, and so that's a quickie. Yeah. Because I know that a couple of the others might, may take us a bit longer to talk about. <clears throat> um, all right. First of all, Pearls. Love that song. Actually, everything I've heard from Mo Loud and the Humble so far, I love. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on with their music. Uh, upbeat, rocking. <clears throat> Dude's got a great voice. Like I said, reminds me of the lead singer of Kings of Leon. Not a bad thing. Um, the um, I'm thinking about the Curse the Weather song. Mm. That's got a lot of stuff going on. Didn't I have some horns in it or something? Yep. Yeah. So I, love that. Me and Clint that, love our horns. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you when you're a band out of Philly, I'm sure you can find some horns somewhere, right? Well, I was going to say that about Philly. A rock band out of Philly is a a, a little uh, different because you know Philly's known for their own version of soul music, and that's kind mm -hmm. of what they're known for. So. It, it doesn't surprise me that they would throw some horns in and yeah. get, give it a little soul. Um, the other, the other thing I'm going to say um, about Mo Lauda and pretty much everything we're talking about tonight, I'll just go ahead and put it out is uh, this is, this is pop music. It, it, a lot of people won't recognize it as that, but it's, it's pop music. It is, it's put together a specific way is what I've noticed as I listen to the entire list. Um, and, and I don't say pop music in a derogatory manner. I think pop music is fantastic. It's so much of what I listen to is most of it would be considered pop. These are bands that nobody's heard, but it still is put together in, in that vein. It's, uh, it's, it's accessible. It's easy to digest and it's good pop music in that even though it's easy to digest, you, you, you get a little bit more. It's, it's, it's the best of what pop music is. Like I can listen to bubblegum pop and love it all day long. If it's got a good hook and it's, you know, it's got a good beat and it's got, you know, all the hits, all the right notes. And that's what this music does. And that's, I think this band out of this list more than any other hit me that, well, there's another one that probably hit me that way more, but that was kind of the theme that I found through it is, okay, here's five bands I never listened to. They're not on the radio. Uh, I'm sure you can seek them out on different channels on XM possibly, but mostly it's going to be like what you did with how you found them through Spotify suggestions or whatever, because it's just not out there to, it's not being pressed to the public, but it's, it, but it still has that pop vibe in the best way possible. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo when it comes to music. And I mean, you guys have to agree with that. Um, I, I just think, no, I just think you're a weirdo. Well, that's fair. If someone suggests a band, uh, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, I typically will go listen to that band um, just because FOMO, fear of missing out. What if they are the best band ever and I didn't listen to them? And so part of it's, you know, FOMO and part of it's, I'm, I've always been since, I mean, Rich, back when we were, you know, what, 20 years ago Jeez, together, God. I was seeking out something new 
even if it was bad, I was seeking it out and listening to it. And I still listen to horrible music and I shuffle it off and move on. Um, because I mean, nobody has time for bad music. So but you don't find good music without wading through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was a gift. This was a band that I didn't expect to find. I didn't go looking for Spotify gave me a gift and it's worth what I pay every month for Spotify to have found. If I find one or two bands a year, I'm good. Well, I'm glad that you found them because it's, it's someone that I will continue to listen to um, from here on out. Yeah, and me too. What I loved about them is to touch back to, you mentioned uh, Andrew earlier is I could see them working a bill together. <laughs> I mean, they, they play a very similar vibe of music. They have a yeah. very similar setup as far as how the, you know, the band members they use and stuff like that. It'd be easy for them to play a bill together. And I'd pay money for that every day of the week. I, I agree. I, I, that's fair. That's, that's it's, totally. It's just good old American rock and roll. And yeah, it's pop music, but I mean, not, not using that again, negatively, like you said, because y'all's favorite band is a pop band. They right. Are. Absolutely. And that's not a bad thing. Pop music no. is awesome. Um, so this was one of those bands where I was like, thank you, Spotify. And thank you for giving me something that was possibly up and coming. Yeah, man. So who's next? I'm excited. Next, who's next? Uh, I mentioned earlier, um, twice actually, uh, Brian Fallon, uh, who is the lead singer of Gaslight Anthem, uh, also the lead singer of, Hor of the Horrible Crows. Um, they have two albums, so they're kind of a band. Um, but Brian has been working with his singer-songwriter vibe uh, for two or three albums now. And uh, over the whole pandemic, he's been the guy that I've watched on Instagram doing his live shows more than anybody uh, because he has a, a particular sense about music. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Gaslight Anthem, they're a New Jersey band. So their early stuff is very... Bruce Springsteen oriented. Um, if you could imagine Bruce Springsteen fronting the killers, that would, <laughs> that would be later on in their careers. Um, but it also has that kind of heartland uh, feel to the lyrics. Uh, song that I put on the playlist, uh, American Slang, uh, talks about uh, basically a love song. You, you wrote my fortune in American Slang. And then uh, the 59 Sound, which is uh, a single, also an album, is talking about uh, the music coming off of his grandfather's radio. I mean, come on, that's rock and roll, man. Um, and, and I put uh, out there also one of his solo uh, songs off the newest album, 21 Days, and this song really connected to me in a way, uh, you know, we're in a pandemic. We're all trying to make ourselves better in some way or another, or we're just trying to hunker down and survive. But he wrote a song called 21 Days about how 21 days makes a habit. And so this is like, for me, I, I'm happily married for 11 years this month um love my wife but i still absolutely love breakup songs 
And so <laughs> 21 Days is a breakup song that he wrote about habits. If I can get past you for 21 days, then I'll be over you. And that both applies to, you know, the 21 day rule. If you work out for 21 straight days, you've got to have it. If you quit drinking for 21 days, God bless your soul, you then you, you have a habit. But also it, it applies to heartbreak. And I think that Brian Fallon has a very good idea about writing about heartbreak. And that song was especially beautiful for me. Uh, even though I have a great wife and I've not experienced heartbreak in quite some time, um, it's still very beautiful to me. And the guy knows how to write a song. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, and this is why it hits you so good. This is why you like breakup songs and heartbreak songs and why all of us that are happily married, all three of us are, um, heartbreak comes in many forms and songs can speak to, even if it's heartbreak with a relationship with a significant other, it can still speak to, heartbreak in other relationships whether it's your parents your kids your um you know your friends who uh, or or not even with a person and i think that's why i love that you said that that i'm happily married and but i still i still love a breakup song um i think those things still speak to us even even when we're in a situation where everything's good in the relationship that we have to take care of the most, which if you're married, that's your first one, right? That's the very first thing you're taking care of. Then after that comes, if you have kids, your kids, and then after that, your, your other family that you left, but no, that's, that's, that's a great point, Ernie. And that makes me think about this music a little bit differently. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. And uh, I mean, uh, again, a little bit hyperbolic, but I don't think it's that hyperbolic. I love good songwriting. I mean, I would put Brian Fallon up against, you know, Ryan Adams uh, as far as writing writing a good country song. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's sad. I don't. I don't Maybe think that's. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that's hyperbolic. I mean, Ryan Adams is great, but he's not the end all. Yeah. He's just really good at it. Yeah. And and, and, and and I think Brian Fallon's way up there with, with he, Brian Adams happens to be one of my favorites, despite everything else. Yeah. Uh, writing, a, writing a good, sad country song. I think Brian Fallon's like getting up there for me. And uh, the, on his, his latest album, uh, Honey, uh, what was it, American Honey? Um, on his latest album, he actually writes a song about his daughter. And uh, I would challenge anybody with kids to listen to that. Like I had to hold back tears and I, I, I'm not having kids. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good stuff. The guy knows how to write a song. Um, local honey. Is that the thing? Yeah. yeah. Local honey. Sorry. Um, they get rid of your allergies apparently. Yeah. It's good. It's good for you. <laughs> Um, okay, I, I want to talk about this guy for a second. So uh, before we had this concept, I noticed, you know, if you follow friends on Spotify, I kind of have Spotify, I've got three monitors at my work setup, and I've usually got Spotify, 
from the smallest monitor off to the side. And I just look over there throughout the day and the, the only two people I've got on there are you two. Okay. I just haven't bothered to add any other friends on there. I, I could if I wanted to. So I, and actually I might do that because of this very thing I'm going to talk about. But one day I look over and Ernie had just been listening to Gaslight Anthem. And I've heard you text about him or you know, seen text about him. And I'm like, I'm, what the hell? I, I want to listen to something new today. I'm just going to listen to that. And I think the album I listened to was the one with 59 sound on it. Mm-hmm. Is that thing? Uh, what album is that? The 59 sound. Yeah. I listened all the way through. Loved it. Um, I love his voice. Now, the fact that you said that he's from New Jersey and that you made a Bruce Springsteen comparison, I love him even more now. I love Springsteen. And and once you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I totally, there is totally a similarity there just in the sensibility, right? Yeah. Um, And I think that's what makes Bruce such a great songwriter. He's just able to feel he's able to experience life and just put that down into a song and this guy obviously has it um so uh let me look at the what you put on the playlist here uh what did you put you put you actually you put you put his whole range of, you put a song from gaslight anthem his soul career and also horrible crows yeah i liked all of them um I will tell you, big bonus points for this guy when he's in Gaslight Anthem. He covered my favorite Tom Petty song. You know what's amazing? They also covered my favorite Pearl Jam song. What? Yeah, uh, there's a uh, 59 sound like B-Sides album that I bought, mm-hmm. and they cover State of Love and Trust. As oh, a wow. Oh, off the single soundtrack. Wow. So there, there's the subtext. He's a huge Pearl Jam fan. I'm just hoping we can be friends and talk about Pearl Jam. That's my whole, that's the whole reason I brought him up. I see. I, I hope that for you, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's a weird hope, but thank you. No, that, that'd be amazing to like sit down with a favorite artist and talk about another favorite artist, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when I sit down and talk about Tom Petty with Andrew fun there you go um no the uh anyway uh i I was drawn to all the gaslight anthem material so i I really haven't started delving into his solo stuff which i respect the hell out of that it's much different i mean it kind of reminds me of jason isbell he was in drive-by truckers but then when he goes his own singer songwriter thing he just yeah the subject changed and he takes his own identity and yeah it's not that the music changed or that that anything radically changed he just found something new to sing about and i mean you look at if you compare southeastern to anything by the drive-by truckers i mean those could come from different worlds oh yeah but they're the same. I mean, they're the same people. They're still friends. I mean, there's, they still hang yeah. out, but that was his direction. And, uh, and Brian Fallon has been able to do that. Like 
he's the lead of Ga- the Gaslight Anthem, and he's the lead of his solo career, and he's the lead of the Horrible Crows. He's been able to create three more voices, and that that's impressive to me. That you're yeah. able to. I see a little bit of a theme in these in these five acts, in that you're finding these bands that have these strong leads. I do. I absolutely love uh, really good lead singers. I love really good songwriting. Um, We've not touched on, well, we'll get into the next two things, uh, things that I love about music. Songwriting is paramount. If you write crap songs, I don't want to hear it um i i mean i'm i'm with you it's yeah it's still their art but um we we're only going to look at or listen to or experience art that touches us that is strong i can go out and paint a picture and it's going to be terrible because i'm a terrible artist with my hands hell for that matter uh i i can play like five different instruments and it's not any kind of art that anybody wants to listen to it's it's fine for me to do it but at at some point you've got to have um like i said just back to what i said you you these 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 bands you picked and i'm not sure what you're going to say about the next two but they do have strong artistic leaders and you know that's that's why me and clint are doing a Beatles series, right? I mean, strong artistic leaders. Um, Actually, you know, anything that the three of us ever talk about, um, yes, there's very strong songwriting, strong, uh, you know, uh, instrument playing and just musicianship and all of those things. I mean, they're important. I'm not going to, like you said, Spotify, don't, don't waste my time. Yeah. Like, don't suggest something that, you know, because a lot of people just throw stuff out there. Like, I could throw something on Spotify tomorrow. Clint could. You could. Hell, you you guys could come over here, and I could get on my electric drums, and you could get on the piano, and uh, Clint plays a little bit of guitar. We could record some songs and just throw it on Spotify, but that doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it's art artful. It's it To us, it is, and that's fine. But I'm not um, even sure we'd consider that art, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we would. Oh, yeah, man. A, a few yeah. beers, a few depends beers on how many beers we have. A few beers <laughs> in, man, it'd be like so great. Oh, my god, we should start so... a band, yeah, man. <laughs> what, what is that? Uh, one of the uh, five, five word sentences you should never listen to. <laughs> We should open a bar. We should open a bar. <laughs> yeah. I just watched that episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't, don't do those things. Yeah, and I mean, when we're when we're talking with each other and we're giving each other hell, you know, the only thing we really give each other crap about that is serious is when it's something that is throwaway. Like poison. I mean, I deserve every bit of shit that I get for poison. <laughs> Right. I mean, they suck. Terrible. Yeah, it's terrible music, musicianship. It's terrible songwriting. DC Deville's the worst lead guitarist ever. Agreed. No hyperbole. I know it's it's for sure. But 
I mean, Brett Michaels is a type one diabetic. I got to support my boy. I understand. Yeah. So, <laughs> that doesn't hold true. I'm no big Jonas Brothers fan, but you know. <laughs> I guess I should get into them too. I don't know. I was going to call shenanigans if that was going to be one of your five bands. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll, I'll move on to the fourth since we're getting to uh, this will be our questionable territory. Um, I want to talk about a dude named Jack Antonoff. Um, is that really his name? That is literally his name. Um, and it is. I looked it up. Yeah. Um, you might know him as the drummer. Ironically enough, since you said this today, Clint, he's the drummer for the band Fun. Is he really? He is also the producer for Taylor Swift, Pink. Um, really? And most recently, the Dixie Chicks, or sorry, the, the Chicks. chicks. Um, no, okay, wow. He also has a band named Bleachers. And it troubles me that people don't listen to Bleachers more because it is incredibly great, fun music. This, now, this will not surprise if you read the lyrics, it's not that fun. <laughs> but he makes being anxiety-ridden and sad the most fun you possibly can. And so that's that's also why you guys didn't mention it to me. But uh, I put Gaslighter by the Chicks. Oh, I saw beautiful, it. Beautiful Trauma at the end of the playlist is because he produced both of those songs. That's why I knew I, when I did my research, because I couldn't figure that out. This, this probably won't surprise you guys at all. This was, this was my favorite of the five. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, it's, it's a surprise to me, actually. Really? Yeah, I, I, no, I mean, he, he just does good work, right? It's, it's kind of right down my alley as far as um good pop music because i'm just such a huge pop music fan and of all five of these bands this is the most poppy and then so after, I, I didn't go look anything up until i listened to every song in your list and then i started doing my searches then i pulled them up and i was like oh man <laughs> taylor swift fun ah oh, but then it but then it made sense to me um honestly i will listen listen to these bleacher songs a million and and like he's involved with way more than just fun and taylor swift i mean i think i looked up like atlanta del rey uh del rey is in there yeah. Mm. and uh shadow of the city i don't know if y'all know who that is or no. what that is probably ray jepson right yeah um he also does a song with lord yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i saw that I, mean, I saw i saw that too so i looked it up and uh, uh speaking of carly ray jepson okay come on super super poppy like the hits but guess what man she's got some good songs just saying and he was probably involved in everything that was good like most most likely he was from everything i've i've kind of read but this ended up being my absolute favorite. And I think he's probably like the youngest dude in the bunch as well. So, I mean, he, he grew up in Brooklyn um, and his last album, uh, which I miss those days is on was like a love letter to what you might hear P 
people saying in Brooklyn. And so it's, of course, got his, you know, pop sensibilities. Dude is heavy chorus, which I love. Dude is heavy synthesizers, which I love. And um, he just knows how to write a good pop hook. And so there's some good, like, thoughtful lyrics in every one of his songs. But he overshadows that, and it almost, like, covers up the fact that this dude can write a good song by the fact that the music is so catchy and pretty and fun and enjoyable. And so if I'm going to go, like, not that I can do this, run 10 miles, it's going to be bleachers on my ears, bleachers and run the jewels. That's about it. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to fuel my run to. And the guy, um, it was two years ago when I, uh, I figured out, you know, that bleachers was a thing. And I didn't even know Jack Antonoff was part of bleachers. I just knew that this was some awesome kind of 80s sounding synth pop music. And it made me feel good about myself. It made me feel good about my day. And at its simplest core, isn't that what we want? We want to wake up and listen to a song that makes us feel decent that day. Absolutely. And that's why it shouldn't be a surprise that this is probably my favorite is because of the 80s synth and that kind of thing that, that, that he's doing. Um, I was, this is total rabbit trail. Me, me and Clint take rabbit trails, but um the weekend. I don't know if y'all listen to the weekend, but uh, the song uh, "Blinding Lights." The first time I heard it, I think I was listening to something on XM radio, and the synth came in, and I, I was like, "I have no idea what this is, but it sounds like something from my childhood." That's kind of what I thought when I was listening to Bleachers. It, yeah. When I say childhood, I mean middle school, high school. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, I'm still in my childhood. Eighties. Yeah. You're talking about 80s music. Right. And, I mean, this dude takes every bit of that 80s vibe as far as the synthesizers go and just pours into what he's writing. And, I mean, you can hear it in uh, not necessarily the synths, but in the, the choruses and the way that songs are kind of laid out, especially if you listen to uh, not a huge fan, but Taylor Swift has huge choruses. Um, Pink, um, I am a huge fan of Pink, Fight Me. Um, that girl has some amazing choruses. It also helps that she could sing the phone book and I'd listen to it. But she just has like those big pop choruses. And then if you've listened to anything from the new, uh, the Chicks album, I mean, that thing is Jack Antonoff from start to finish and you can hear every bit of it once you realize that this is the guy yeah again this is pop music and there's nothing wrong with great hooks um i'm i'm uh listening to um david burns how music works on audible right now uh this book that he did it's i think it's like eight years old or something and you would think that david Byrne would kind of be an asshole about music no. and he's he's actually not even it's all about the hooks and, and oh 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 yeah and and so i don't i don't um there was a time in my life where probably i got a little snotty about music 
I mean, we're all snotty even now, but like there was a time when uh, I would be snotty about new pop music and, and, and whatever you, you know, whatever's out there now that we're old. Right. Yeah. But, 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 but I consciously as a music fan, and this is just me giving input on this stuff that I don't know much about, but trying to tie it into what you're presenting to us. But yeah, you, it's, it's what has allowed me to listen to my kids music over the last uh, 20 years now. I've been raising kids for, uh, let's see, Zion's almost 26 and still have one at home, but it's what's allowed me to listen to my kids music and a, appreciate it not the way they do because i can't i'm not that age i'm not in this time it's like it's so weird when you have kids clint your kids are going to grow up you're going to you're going to find this you're out of their time and it's but you find a way to appreciate the things that they're listening to and it all comes back to what we love it's a good hook which is usually the chorus uh you know just just like a a big thing that grabs you and you just you let it take you for the ride or you don't and if you don't then sorry for you you know uh, I was just talking out on the deck before we started this podcast with Sherry and some friends we were talking about our daughters that are now grown and when they went through their one direction phase <laughs> And not, not, to, not to bring one direction in. That's not the point. The point is I learned to listen to that in the car with my kids because um, it grabbed them the way the Beatles or Duran Duran or Def Leppard or whoever grabbed me. And who am I to tell them? Right. Right. Like what do, do I have that much gall in me to tell them that they're stupid or that's terrible or, you know, and again, we, we, we talked about what we like is good songwriting and good musicianship and all that kind of thing. That's fine for us, right? It's good mm -hmm. for us, but we can't tell anybody else what they can like when it comes to their music. And if it's, if it's not up to our standards, you still try to find something in it to connect because the one thing about music and it goes right along with our podcast mm -hmm is music connects people. It puts people together. It creates stories. I have so many stories with my kids because of their music. And so bringing that back to, you know, this Jack Antonoff guy that I just discovered today because of you. Yes. Hooks are awesome, man. And this guy's got it going on. Yeah. And I mean, who can say, I mean, for me, because my musical growth was, uh, for lack of a better word, stunted by, a, you know, a different upbringing. Um, I didn't really listen to rock music until I was in high school. So, I mean, the first rock and roll song I ever heard was uh, on Hysteria by Diff Leppard. And so what bigger chorus is there than a Def Leppard album? But that's, I mean, at the at that point in my life, that was great, great music. That was written very well. In retrospect, probably not. And so who can say, you know, what 
one of your kids listens to and thinks is well written that speaks to them in that moment is well written or not it's their opinion right yeah and it's going to stick with them yeah like Def Leppard has stuck with you yeah so I yeah that's what you know um I know you're not a big Taylor Swift fan Rich but I have to comment that I, I, can't, I think I came in my daughter's room over the weekend and she had her little music player blasting and she was singing to Taylor Swift and she was just so happy. Um, it's like, Oh, you're let your seven year old listen to Taylor Swift, eh, whatever. Um, that's, I don't want to it, be, it's just, prepare, it's just preparing her for breaking up with boyfriends. That's all. <laughs> that's right. And she's going to be a heartbreaker and I'm, you know, it's going to be rough, <laughs> but you know, I actually though, that's such a good point because I struggle so much with being a musical snob. Um, so yeah, when you see it through, uh, your kids lens of what music they enjoy. Yeah. You learn to listen to it in the car. You learn to, uh that's a that's an opportunity to bond with them and uh i don't i don't want to miss out on those opportunities yeah because uh, uh, i'll regret no. it if i don't um you you will cherish that and by the way i knew when we got to bleachers that this was i i mean i knew i was going to take it in this direction because like i said it's it's out of all these pop bands i, I still say the whole list is pop music this is the most right it's yeah yeah so i i, I described over in a text message i said this is so fun yep rip taylor just busted through my office door and he's spreading confetti <laughs> everywhere yeah well, if you can um, get taylor to raise from the dead and throw confetti at it you. was really weird ernie i thought yeah. he was dead yeah. well um, i definitely thank you for putting this in your five because this is um, some stuff I will definitely, definitely add to my listening. Well, then let's take it down a notch. Is this one? No. Oh, oh, God. Okay. So, <laughs> so this was the saddest sack stuff of all. <laughs> a man. Okay. So I, I, I and I enjoy, I, I enjoy, love his pick. I love his pick. I enjoy a good sad sack pick you love joy division i do i do i I do right so i'm i'm down (laughs) so this is a band that my wife says is sad sack and has erratic drums (laughs) he refuses to call them syncopated because that's what they are and i know rich hates syncopated drums no i don't if it's done the right way i don't like it in rock i don't really like it in rock music so much do you um, have a problem with uh what's her name the the rapper she had all the syncopated rhythms uh i i, I used I, okay so that's dude we're talking like 20 years ago yeah i know so i've gotten better missy we've elliott not talk, we've not talked about you're, that you, yeah you're talking about missy elliott right mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i i i did because and 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 uh, another rabbit trail but here's the thing so that was when um, 
the hip hop I grew up with was starting to change. And uh, even though I wasn't even that old yet, I was starting musically to turn into that get off my lawn guy. Yeah. No, not that guy. But I will say in, 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 in the last couple of decades, um, it is that guy. It makes more sense. <laughs> that kid just took my Frisbee. It makes more sense to me, but I will say this in Amanda's defense, and you can please go tell her this. That is probably the one thing about, uh, have we even said the band yet? The no, national we have it. Yeah. The national. national. So that is the one thing that I kind of took away is I don't like that kind of stuff in my rock and roll music. That's fair. But I will also say this. I did a really quick course correction because I'm trying to not be an asshole when it comes to music. And public I, service. Really. And, I, and I thought about it this way. I was like, okay, this is their style. This is what they're doing. Um, just because it doesn't sync up with my version of rock and roll music doesn't mean anything because I'm just some dude that lives in Kingsport, Tennessee. So let me and, ask something, Rich, before we go into the national anymore. Do you like Radiohead? Uh, okay, it's taken me a very long time. Okay, that's fair. Now, okay, so, but you say you like them though. Now, yes. Okay. Twenty so, years. Twenty years ago, absolutely couldn't bear to listen. Okay. Well, I, I can say this anytime Clint and I get into a conversation about Radiohead via text in our text chat, you typically get pretty quiet. And <laughs> and so we notice that and we know that they're not your favorite band. And that's they're, okay. Yeah. No, they're not a go to for me and, and still won't be. But I I do appreciate it now. Okay. So like I'm not going out and buying a bunch of records and like listening to it often. Mm-hmm. No, I do appreciate it now. So let, let me kind of talk about why I would bring the national into this conversation because I've been like, you know, thoughtful, happy, uh, thoughtful, super happy. And now I bring in the national. I'm really worried about you, Ernie. Just step away from that ledge. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. This COVID will be over one day. I promise. There, there, there are some things that I love about music, as I touched on earlier. Uh, storytelling, uh, great lyrics, um, people in the background getting beer out of the beer fridge. Love those songs. <laughs> um, they're the best songs. Um, but there's something about music that has dissonance in it that for some reason connects with me. Mm-hmm. And so an example of bands is, as Clint already said, Radiohead has this amazing, amazing dissonance and deconstruction mm-hmm. to how their songs are written. They are written to unfold, unfurl and break down. Wilco writes songs that are meant to unfold unfurl and break down live and the national writes these songs that are so dissonant so pleasant to hear on a vocal level but so weird to hear on a musical level that it's beautiful to me and so this is a band that 
that I have loved for years Hmm. that none of my friends really have connected with. And it's not something I'm like, you know, really snobby about and like hate my friends over. I understand. Don't hate me. Like Amanda (laughs) said that they have weird drums and the dude's voice is really sad. And I get that. I understand that. Um, So the national is a band out of Cincinnati, Ohio, which is a plant. Woo, Cincy. Where my Um, wife's from. They've been around for quite some time. um, (laughs) Playing, you know, by themselves. Of course, they started in 1999. Actually, wow. Um, They're were they the backup band for uh, Nick Lachey? He's from Cincinnati. (laughs) They are kidding. That was a Cincinnati (laughs) joke. I'm sorry. They one hundred percent are not. Um, so is is that the band called the ninety eight degrees of the national? Oh, we did tie them happen. together. I mean, maybe maybe this podcast will make that happen. Um, <laughs> my first foray into uh, the national was their uh, fourth album, Boxer, um, and it it lacks the same syncopated drums that their newer stuff does that their newer stuff has um it was released in 2007 so this is a band that's been around a while like i said and but i've found over the last i don't know is it has it been four years yet uh the song fake empire actually speaks to me on a really resonant level um i think it's eight i think it's eight years because the last four months have been four years that's fair um so the the lyrics to fake empire the chorus are we're half awake in a fake empire and maybe that's been my whole life because i dig i dig i totally dig that yeah and so they write really poignant thoughtful lyrics and I think that because they're not as radio friendly as the rest of my list, that a lot of people just don't listen to them. And like, like I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or if we mentioned this earlier uh, before the podcast, uh, I went back through my Spotify most played lists. Uh, last year was Manchester Orchestra and the National almost exclusively. Mm. So that speaks to where my head was last year. Uh, it was uh, it, it was not a great year, uh, uh, mentally speaking, but also like with all of the political mayhem going on, which has only intensified this year and will only intensify until the blue wave takes over in November. Woo! Let's do Love. it. Uh, anyway, um, please, please, please. I'm optimistic. Optimistic. But yeah, I'm hoping is, is that a B side of a radio hit song? Yes, it is. Uh, I have not, I've not given it to uh, Thom yet. Uh, <laughs> come on, Tom spelled with a T, not an H. It's just damn pretentious. I love but, it. But uh, I will, I will say this. Uh, last year, um, last year they released uh, "I Am Easy to Find," which is uh, their latest album. And uh, there was a 30, 
five, I want to say, minute video that went with it um, on YouTube. And it is this just absolutely musically more than lyrically driven, beautiful uh, album. And if you get the special edition, which of course I did, uh, that comes with the, the soundtrack to the YouTube video, which also includes songs that are already on the damn album because I'm that kind of person. Um, you, you can listen to either the YouTube video version of it or you can listen to the whole album. And the whole album, it just has this like soundscape. It's the only word I can use. That sounds like a pretentious bullshit word. No, I but understand what you're saying. The way they built this album was to create an art, to create a piece of art that they could present to the world. And yes, the lead singer has an, an intense baritone voice. It doesn't change. He doesn't fake it. He doesn't go into high notes or anything. He sings the lyrics he intends to sing and it's beautiful. And yeah. that's what I can say about the national from my own experience is that they write absolutely beautiful music. And if you, are feeling melancholy and want to feel better their music is your key that's where you go that's oh, where that's, i go that's cool i like that yeah <clears throat> um yeah i mean so i have the uh high violet album is that right yeah yeah um but yeah, I've got more 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 listening to do with them. So everything I've heard so far, yeah, you know, I made a lot of mention the Radiohead. The reason that um, I I was drawn to the National because they they do obviously remind me of Radiohead. Um, but one I of would, the reasons I would say they're a little more accessible. Yes. Then radio. I agree. I totally right. agree. Yes. Totally agree. Like you said it. earlier, Rich, they write pop songs. It's everybody sure on this anymore. Yeah, everybody on this list that you provided, even these guys, and I'm glad you saved it for last. It's it, it it's it's accessible. It's digestible. It's it's not work. Right. No, I think that's a good point. That, that is, I, I agree with that 100. percent um but one of the things that makes me think of radiohead is that you could just get lost in their music you could just experience it it just um yeah i i i could listen um i i don't i don't think it's ironic okay this is going to seem like well that's really ironic that you like that song clint but uh blood buzz ohio which i was riffing on earlier and making fun of it but um the way the way the chorus and everything is on that song the way he sings but i don't know what it is about that song it it's the intro that it like it's a it's like a, a crescendo a build-up and then but then it just goes into his his monotone baritone thing and then it's kind of low down but it's just all this beautiful stuff going on in the background Again, this is a band that just layers on all different kinds of sound. I'm not even really worried about what they're doing with the drums. It's just, it doesn't take away from anything. I thought, I thought it was interesting that she, 
I'm not, I'm going to harp on Amanda's harsh criticism of a band you like, but I thought, yeah, the drums is the last thing I was worried about with this band. It's like, it all kind of melds together and I'm not even really worried about it. I'm just experiencing it. So what you're saying is I'm good cop and you're bad cop. Yes. For Amanda, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying there, Clint. I guess like, especially when I'm listening to something new, I'm like, I'm hypersensitive. Just, mm. that's just how I am. And so one of the first things I noticed was that, um, uh, it's, it's, it's busy. Uh, the, the music can be a little busy and I, I think that's why I like, I don't like go and listen a lot to like bands like, um, arcade fire. Oh, um it's like it's, them, but I, it's i've learned to like them like it, it i've have had never. i have had to work hard at it but their music is so busy to me yeah it, they're not as accessible as the national no no not there. even not even close but but like with amanda and again not to harp on your wife but i'm actually on her side i can see where somebody who um, is listening to this that doesn't really want that kind of busyness in their music would kind of feel that way about it. Um, you've got to number one, you got to really love music. Like it's got to be a huge, huge, huge part of your life to get mm -hmm. past such things, right? Because yep. art should challenge you. And that's what I've been trying mm. to learn is what every time I'm challenged by music, I need, I, I don't want to be challenged by Taylor Swift guys. Just, uh, just saying, we'll, we'll move off that. Nah, you, sure. we had our, we had our goofy little thing on text. I, I appreciate Taylor Swift for what she is. I, I, she's it's, it's, it's fine, but, she but is a fantastic producer. Uh, well, I mean, she has to, because she can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> Rich baby. We got bad blood. Let's just clear this up right now. But uh, no, you, you know, it's, it's, you've got to love music the way that we love music to really um, stretch and, and, and get out there with things that are uncomfortable and find yeah. what's great about it. And that's the thing about this last band we're talking about, The National, um, even though it is accessible and it is poppy in its own way, um, you've, you've kind of got to, you, you, you got to put a little bit of work in and, and if you don't put any work into music, then you're listening to just, you know, Nonsense. yeah, you're, 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 you're not doing, you're, you're, you're not doing, uh, it, you, being a passive listener is if you're going to do that, just listen to the radio. Listen yeah. to bro country. You don't have to think about it. Exactly. Exactly. Probably a, a conversation we could probably have uh, on another podcast is how do our wives think about music? What's our huh. view of how our wives think about music? Because Amanda is a radio listener. Yeah. She doesn't care about the national because they're not on the radio and they're not, they shouldn't be on the radio. Nobody's going to listen to that on the radio. Right. So, no. you know, yeah, that's a I good mean, conversation to actually, there's, there's different levels of listening to music and 
of course, we're doing a podcast about music. So obviously we care at a deeper level than a lot of people do. Um, we're not throw, you know, we're not going to ever do a podcast about how awesome Luke Bryan's last album was because right. the answer is it was not. <laughs> no. And that would be a, that would be a good topic. And it's, and it's, and it's not, um, I, I think I can probably speak for you two. Uh, none of our wives would ever want to get on and talk about this stuff. Oh so, God. Amanda no. thinks we're crazy for doing this. And, but we wouldn't, we would, if we, if we talked about their listening experience and other people's listening, our kids, our, our other friends and not just, it's not just like picking on our wives, but it's, it, right. it is, it is important to uh, discern like how people are consuming music. People do not consume music like three dudes who will sit on a podcast on a Wednesday night and talk about music do. It's just, right. that's not what people do. Um, we're, we're like one percenters like when it comes to that. I mean, for sure. In no other way, yes, we are. Other than <laughs> white males. Only the music. Well, yeah. <laughs> Plus, we're also white males. Yeah. Um, and, and that's right. I mean, it, it's not to disparage Amanda. Amanda is the best. No, I'm on, her, I'm on her side on this ever. one. Yeah, I'm, I mean. I'm, I, 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 I totally get where she's coming from. In the world, come and fight me about it. But she doesn't care about music like I do. And that's yeah. cool. She calls Eddie Vedder Mr. Mumbles. She <laughs> hates the national. You know, so when I find something, actually, uh, of this list, the only band that she does not like is the national. I can play anyone else and yeah. she likes them. Um, but, you know, when you get into mumble baritone land, then apparently she has some issues. Well, there's a, di like I said, there's a difference between active listeners which is what we are and passive listeners. Right. And, and neither one is the right way. The way you consume There's music. No, right way. no, the way you consume way music. The right way. Yeah. The way you consume music is the way you consume music. <laughs> and you know what? Punch somebody in the nose if they don't like it. I mean, yeah. The, the only people I ever worry about are people who tell me they don't listen to music. Me too. Oh yeah. Those are their serial killers. I know like a couple. They may not have killed yet, but they will. I know people that ride in their cars in silence. Why would you do that? I have no idea. And then one of those people actually posts on Facebook that they don't, and that they don't really care that much about music. And I'm just, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking how many people have they killed and we don't know about. Yeah. Well, the one that I'm thinking of is, is, is a white female and they're one of the least likely to be serial killers, but still, come on. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's that one, right? That one in a million. There's a family in her freezer. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast because she'll know either. that I'm talking yeah. about her. We're not going to talk, say her name. Don't say her name. Rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I wanted to comment on something. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. No, uh, I love these rabbit trails we go on. No, we're um, we're we're at the end of of the list, and we can take a few minutes to sort of um, just talk about uh, general things that go with Ernie's list. Okay. Yeah. Before we do that, I, I love. I just wanted to touch on and agree with 
they listen to music as an art form. Uh, when you were talking about that, it really stuck with me because I don't know if I've ever heard it put that way before. I've always accepted it that way, but it's never been spoken into words like that. And I'm like, I, I think that is just a, if you think about it like that, it's like if you were shown a, you went to an art museum and you're shown a piece of art you've never seen before, your your tendency, I would think, you've you've paid the money or or you've took the time to go to an art museum if it's free. You don't want to go in there and just go, well, that's crap, that's crap, that's crap, that's crap. That that's not why you go in there. You're going in there to try to appreciate something you haven't seen or experienced before. Why why do we not take that same attitude with music? And I am so guilty of this. And this is why I wanted to talk about it because it is art. It, music is art. And what we may not like, someone may love. They may, you know, if somebody's become popular, somebody loves that music. Well, yeah. um, I, I think that the, there's some margins there. So within art, there's probably a 20% rule. 10% on this side, 10% on this side, there's pretentious and there's bad. And then somewhere in the 80% in the middle is everything else. And I believe that a lot of that is uh, related to music. I mean, there is a 10% amount of music that is just created to be pretentious. It's, it's out there because, well, hell, I can do it and people will buy it anyway. That's and when we come over and put together our band and we do yes, our music. Yes. That's music exactly where we would be. Um, the other 10% where we would not. Whoa, whoa. we're going to be the pretentious 10%? I thought we were going to be the shitty no, no. 10%. No. We're sh going to be pretentiously bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the other 10% is shitty. So that 10% that they just want to make some money. And I don't blame them 1% mm. at all. Do your thing, Nickelback. To quote, I like your Pat pants, Rand. Sorry. To quote Patton Oswalt, people have done far worse things than write a shitty Nickelback song for money and pussy. <laughs> Patton so, Oswalt, he always puts it the way it ought to be put. Yeah. He's so write your crappy song. You're in the ten percent, but in that eighty percent, there's a there's a wide range of like stuff and so i don't discard anything like i said i listen to stuff i figure out what's for me and i walk away and that's it mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of people should really of course i think more people should be more like me because i'm like me and i need more friends but <laughs> you know it's like just maybe don't hate on shit as much as you normally do. Maybe give things a little bit of context in your own life or look at it through someone else's eyeglasses. If you're as old as I am and see what they're seeing, because sometimes somebody's going to hand you a band that changes your entire view. Yeah. Whether no, you like it or not. That's perfectly said. Um, I mentioned One Direction before because I've got a daughter who's now 21 and One Direction was hot when she was a teenager. And I can tell you, I'm never going to seek that music out 
but it got her through some of her hard teenage stuff. And there's something to be said for that. So you know what? If you don't like that, that's fine. Stay in your lane. And that's basically what you said, Ernie. I listen to what I like. I like what I like. And I walk away. Stay in your lane when it comes to those, 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 those things. And, you know, now she's like, oh, yeah, it was silly and it was this and that. But you know what? She's, she's going to be 48 like me one day. And she's going to look back into her teenage years and that shit is going to mean so much to her because she will remember man. She, well, Duran Duran was a good band. Come on. Well, you know what I'm saying though. Right. Her. Comparing them band versus. Oh, again, see, I'm holding my nose and, and, and cutting her down. (laughs) You just, you just, you called me out, but no, it's it. She'll look back and she'll think about, um, that hard time in eighth grade or ninth grade and that that music got her through. And of course us, we're all middle-aged guys, you know, working every day and, and, and doing our thing. And that's not what we're going to go listen to, at least not on purpose, but it means something to somebody. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. this podcast is all about. I mean, that's why I've had Brianna on. That's, you know, she, she drugged me to Charlotte the day after Rhythm and Roots, and I was dead because <laughs> Saturday night at Rhythm and Roots, man, I am partying. In there. In and there. We, we got up and drove to Charlotte the next day to see Rocket Summer, and I was pleasantly... I won't even say surprised. I was pleasantly blown away. And I'm like, hmm. wow. Okay. So I can, uh, I can actually uh, back you up on that one. I've seen Rocket Summer and they are really, really amazing live. Yeah, man. And so it, it, it's just like, it was like this. I'm thinking, okay, four or five years ago, it was One Direction. And I can see her move through her listening experience and what she likes and what's important to her and and like i'm watching her she goes down you know we're in it's it's basically a theater slash bar and i didn't go down into the pit with all the youngsters because i was possibly the oldest person there i saw a couple other parents but they were there with their like 13 year olds you know i'm there with my 20 year old and i i saw her reacting to the music and not just reacting to what was going on, but singing along and seeing her face, sing those lyrics along and everybody grows in music. Like we all do um, to, to an extent, some more than others, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, like what you said, Ernie is absolutely perfect. And the best way I can boil it down is man, when it comes to your music, just stay in your lane don't 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 rip on somebody else like i want to rip on people that love nickelback so much but i don't because you you know know, you know what as as terrible as some of that music is it means something to somebody and if it means something to you more power Rich, I'm going to go apologize to my coworker tomorrow because I give him a lot of shit for Nickelback. And now well, I, I, I feel mean, really bad. Really, it comes down. To, I mean, well, if he's a grown man, I don't know. He is a grown ass man. He'll be fine. <laughs> the, the best advice I ever got was on Twitter, and it's from Will Wheaton. It is don't be a dick. Yeah. And if yeah. I had children, that's how I'd raise my children. Just that's. 
that's what I've done. So, Good philosophy. You know, to again quote Patton Oswald, people have done far worse. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So I just mean, Nickelback alone, they they're not my thing, and they do suck. Oh no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna leave them alone. I'm gonna leave no, alone no, the people that listen. I'm leave the people that like them alone. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's it. It's the, it's the people that that like all those things. So I I'm not really. By quite the way, sh- could you look at this photograph? <laughs> Every time I do, it makes me laugh. I should go grab my guitar because I actually know how to play that. <laughs> anyway, no, that's, that's, this is actually like super cool way to kind of wrap things up. Um, as far as, yeah, just, yeah, you know, music is one of the, if not the best thing we have, I would argue it's the best because because of what it does for us individually what it does to bring us together and the stories that we get to tell around music i know ernie me and you have long known each other forever clint almost forever and so many of our stories revolve around the music we've been listening to both apart and together and it's just we have we have at least 10 stories that circle around blue cats in knoxville oh my goodness Uh, yeah i mean so yeah i mean and if you look at historically speaking i mean even even rome fell while the violin was being played music has been important from the beginning of time it's one of the first things that was ever invented they figured out a way to somehow bang some rocks together and sing a song with it. And that goes all the way back. Just historically, it's proven all the way back in caves. And so today, if we can bring some just small enlightenment to maybe the five bands that I think are doing it better than anybody else at the moment, then I think that that's that's important. It's important for me anyway. And so I, I think uh, we can bring people together. My friend base revolves around music, 100%. All of my friends, I have something musically in common with them that we can talk about. Um, and so I think that podcasts like this are especially important uh, to get people together, to get people talking positively about all types of music, whether you like it or you don't like it, uh, just to make sure that, you know, we're all connecting in a time right now where connection is so incredibly important. There are people hanging on by a thread. And so if, you know, by chance somebody listens to this and one of us said something that was humorous that connected with them, maybe maybe the pandemic won't be so bad. Yeah. I can, I can't think of a better way to wrap this one up. Clint, do you have any, any thoughts? No. Yeah, was, that's, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I can tell you that. Yeah, no, that's Ernie. That was, uh, I, I wish we'd have said that up front. So if nobody's well, still, still listening, but this would have been a whole lot shorter. Yeah. But no, <laughs> yes, but no, perfect way to wrap things up. 
uh, Ernie, thanks, man, for, for joining Thank us. You. I know Thank over you. the next few months, um, we got plans with you. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you're still listening, uh, you're already listening. You know where to find us. We're everywhere. I thought we were off Spotify, but we're not. So we are oh, really, still, we are still on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Overcast and everywhere else you can get podcasts. Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Um, we uh, we appreciate everybody that's listening to this podcast. I know there's 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 a good thirty to fifty of you, and thank you so much. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, more Beatles stuff. Uh, we we've got still got the White Album. Uh, yes. Let it yes. be. Can't wait. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Abbey Road and uh, Pearl Jam Part Two with Ernie. I'm sure we're we're going to uh, start. Um, spoiler, we're going to start an all-time records uh, albums sort of thing, and we're going to bring in lots of our friends and guests to tell their stories. Um, we we've got <clears throat> so many uh, hilarious and just full of personality friends that we can uh, pull in to talk about some music. We're looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what is going to directly follow this podcast. It'll probably be the first part of what the white album. I think that's probably what the next thing we're going to record is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, things are uh, picking up here. You want to keep listening and with all that said, peace and love.